Hi, everybody. Uh, hope everyone is well. Just let me know if you can see and hear me okay. Good afternoon, Jay, uh, joining us on um, YouTube. If you're watching via YouTube, can you let us know if you can see and hear me okay? If you're watching uh, via one of the Facebook groups, if you could let us know that you can see and hear me okay. It's just me today. Uh, unfortunately, I had to reschedule our AI expert guest uh, because they were not very well. Uh, so he's going to be joining us uh, in a couple of weeks. So it's just going to be me, but I thought it was quite apt uh, because I wanted to do a session on this in the next couple of weeks anyway. So just going to be uh, bringing it forward a little bit. So Jeff said, all good on YouTube. Appreciate the shout out. Thank you, Jeff. Much appreciated. Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, I need to go into my comments to see who's there. Uh, ben says, all good on Facebook. Great. Thanks for that. Um, thanks for letting me know. How is everyone? Let me know. You guys are going to have to talk to me, considering it's only me today. Uh, so I'm going to need some interaction uh, from you guys today, which I know you always normally give me. So I'm not being fussy or picky or anything like that uh, at all. But it's going to be good because I want to hear about um, your thoughts uh, on certain things. Oh, I've gone into the wrong stream. Hang on a sec. Uh, where is the live? Where has it gone? Uh, doesn't refresh. My phone was playing up a minute ago, actually. It's so weird because I have to look at about three different things uh, in order to uh, to get the details up. Whoever has said hello um, has said it on another group, which I'm currently not in. So hello to you. Hi, David. By the way, I know I still need to reply to your message. Uh, I'm straight away after having uh, finishing this, I am going to go and do an inbox uh, purge, but in a good way, and go through everything I need to do in my inbox. You know, with it being um, Easter last week, uh, obviously we were off with the kids, so we spend, you know, that's where our priority goes over the time uh, when the kids are off. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. So if you send me a message in that time and it doesn't get picked up within a certain period of time, then it goes into the abyss that is my inbox, and it may never survive. To be perfectly honest, so uh, I'm going to have a good old purge of that after this session. I've put it in my calendar. I've set the time aside to go through all of the messages that everyone sent me. So uh, if you have sent me one and I haven't replied, uh, hopefully I'll find it in the abyss. Uh, the afternoon and I will send it through so thanks for your patience but guys you were also you were all on steroids as well uh, <laughs> in the last week my inbox has almost died the death of a thousand cuts um like literally everybody uh wanted answers to stuff last week so but it seems to have calmed down a little bit now uh so hopefully uh everyone's back on track and everyone's okay so how are sales guys last time we spoke there was you know we were coming out of the back end of uh, the Easter holidays. Uh, there was the kind of um, the dip after um, Easter sales, especially if you were involved in, you know, some seasonal, sal seasonal sales of those Easter eggs and things like that. So uh, let me know how it's going. Has it picked back up again? Certainly has from our point of view. But I will say this is the first time this year that I've really noticed that there's quite a high level of refunds at the moment, which is actually normally something that we experience between 
uh, January and February because those of extended um, refund time over the Christmas period. But we didn't really see that this year, whereas um, all of a sudden we seem to be hit with, um, you know, a really high level of refunds at the moment. And they're really a, a really strange combination of refunds. You know, uh, 50%, uh, you know, due to um, getting a lot of damage in transit at the moment and misfulfillment promise and things like that, which is fine, obviously, because we know that we're going to get, um, you know, the reimbursements. But at the same time, when they're your own products as well, what can happen is it can have a negative effect on the voice of the customer and it can just knock the trust credibility that Amazon gives the visual um, representation of the products. So um, it is annoying. Um, and what Amazon don't take into account on voice of the customer when it comes to returns. Yes, it does detail the reason for the return, but it won't or for purposes of refund it's not like okay they give one point for you know an at fault refund you know like it's not a good quality product or something like that and then a half a point if it's amazon's fault it doesn't work like that yes if you're going to get a lot of um you know refunds based on product not described they will specify that definitely but it all kind of contributes and it all builds up and refund rate is definitely something that Amazon look at uh, in quite a negative light. So especially when you're going to be creating your own imagery, uh, opportunities, it doesn't matter so much in the world of arbitrage because, um, you know, you, you can't do anything about that, uh, essentially. And there's no point worrying about something that you have no impact on or you cannot have any impact on. So that was just an in interesting observation. I'd be curious to, to see if anyone else um has got the same or if anyone else is experiencing the same uh jay says thankfully after the stalol sales are back on track which is good to hear i'd like to hear that from uh, a few more people we're definitely back in the green uh which is good uh like i said it's a really funny time uh, after Easter. And it's a little bit later on this Easter this year as well. So it's one of the later Easter's. And I think what happens is I think it's just a combination of, um, you know, the whole country in particular um, being on holiday. I think a lot of people are on holiday uh, with their kids, uh, <laughs> taking their kids. You know, we took our kids last, last. Uh, I think it might have been after, never mind the buy box last week, I can't remember. Uh, we took our kids out just for an afternoon to a local fun fair, right? We were there two hours um, and, well, yeah, just over two hours. By the time everyone had got something to eat, by the time we bought tickets for everything and tokens for everything, it was like 80 quid, you know, just for two hours. So, you know, if you're compounding that into stuff that you're doing with your kids every day, of course, not all activities cost like 80 quid. You know, you go to a fun fair, you're going to get fleeced. It's, it's as simple as that. That is a classic example of supply and demand. You're in the middle of a field. Um, so therefore, there are no other options. You have to pay those prices. Um, so you're fully aware of that. But, you know, kids are off for a two week period. Um, and, you know, parents may have taken time off um you may have also had a holiday a few expensive days out and people really especially parents start to worry about the impact that's going to be having on the pocket so we do normally expect to see a big kind of drop off um after that and i would say the easter drop off is only the same 
as um, you know, sorry, as close to the drop off that you see um, after Christmas. I would say it's probably the biggest drop off um, after Christmas, uh, not close to Christmas, but comparable for the occasion and the time of the year. Uh, David says refunds are about the same for me. Happy about um, the more expensive but cheaper UPS fees. Yeah, I've heard about this. £28 for 10 boxes this morning. So is is everyone experiencing this glitch? Um, is it still glitching for a lot of people? Because all the fees were supposed to be going up, but they seem to have gone down. So is that, I didn't know if it was isolated cases or is that something that um, is is impacting everyone? 28 quid for 10 boxes. That's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it would be, it'd be interesting to hear other people's thoughts on that. You know, if it is a glitch, if it is, you know, is it something that Amazon are going to claw back on? Um, yeah, Jay says cheaper UPS prices as well. So yeah, um, is it a... Oh, they were 9.7 each. Okay, fair enough. So you're getting the three for two. Okay, so um, if anyone's not aware of that, what David's talking about is um, if you can work out um, the, the, there's a bit of a, I don't know, it's not a hack, it's not a glitch, it's not a workaround. Um, but if you can get three boxes under 10 kilos, which sometimes it works out better if you've got bigger but lighter stuff, then it doesn't quite work out three for two on your boxes. Um, but it it reduces the cost of the third um the third box. So um with regards to that, uh, it's always worth considering whether or not it's better to send two at 15 or whether or not it's better to send three at under 10. So that's when the prep, uh, you know, gurus come in. Uh, that's when you, sorry, your prep guru brain comes in and works out, you know, what's going to be the best variation to send it in. But obviously in David's case, sending 10 there, so nine, uh, you know, would have qualified for that. Um, in terms of getting those cheaper prices. So, you know, maximize those margins absolutely wherever you can. So uh, uh, RM says, yes, it is. I'm getting a free shipment for boxes weighing 12K. Is that normal? Are you a new seller? Uh, RM, let us know because you do get free shipping for a certain period of time. Uh, when you're a when you're a new seller, or you certainly used to. Uh, I don't know if it's still the case. Can't remember what the program's called. Um, but yeah, you you get free UPS uh, shipment for a, for a period of time. Um, just the one box. Yes, brand new. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Hey Matthew, I know, I know. You know, we do. We live in that world now. Um, you know, of the uh, just call me they or them or something. <laughs> But yeah, I know it's because the reason why I go live under Matt's name, for some reason, when my Facebook account got banned um, back last year for something absolutely ridiculous um, and they wouldn't appeal it, it's because I, uh, I took a picture of my children at laser tag and uh, Facebook said that I violated community rules by putting up pictures of uh, violent conduct. Um, you know, go figure, ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so ever since I've had that ban, uh, there's certain things that I've been restricted on doing. So like when I create these streams, 
Um, if I create them under my name, I don't get the opportunity to invite as many people, whereas Matthew does. So because he's not been a naughty boy um, and got himself banned. So, yeah, uh, from, from my point of view, um, yeah, that's that's why tonight, Matthew, I am going to be Matthew Wright um, from now on. So, yeah, that's why you'll always see Matt's gone live, even though he's he's not here today. Uh, yes, uh, RM said, brand new seller, that makes sense, started almost a month ago. Well, welcome to the crazy world uh, of selling on Amazon. How are you getting on, RM? I hope you're enjoying it uh, so far, because, you know, you're definitely in the honeymoon period. Um, so uh, good to see that you've taken action, you're getting your first box in. Yeah, I can't remember, you get a value, if anyone else can rem remember, you get a... I think it's a value of certain amount of shipments or for a period of time uh, that you will get inbound shipping costs uh, for free. It's one of the perks of being uh, a new seller. I can't remember if it's a certain amount of shipments or a certain or to a certain value. Um, but, yeah, if anyone knows, uh, pop it in the comments. Uh, David says the cheapest I'd had uh, before this week uh, for ages was £3.70. I think what we've got to look at as well, guys, uh, you know, just before we move on and start talking about the business plan, which is what I wanted to go on and talk about today, is Amazon inbound shipment costs are ridiculously cheap, even with the increase. I don't know if anyone remembers, they actually struck a better deal a couple of years ago. So we actually used to pay a lot more for our inbound uh, shipment costs. Uh, but then the cost was reduced down. And throughout everything, you know, throughout all the issues with COVID and things like that, they've never really put up the price. I mean, because Amazon is one of the biggest, you know, uh, shipments um, or shipping provide. No, not a shipping provider because it's obviously provided through UPS, but, you know, must be one of the biggest, um, you know, shipment users in in the country I, I can't imagine that there's anyone bigger in terms of uh units process that is not a courier themselves I could be wrong if anyone knows that's the case let me know so the fact is that we are getting ridiculously um cheap shipments um you know three pounds 70 is about right something like that if you're a fat registered seller Whereas when I had my distribution company five, six years ago, you know, we couldn't even pay that price for a single unit to send, let alone up to 14 kilos. So it's, you know, it's still, a, even if it goes up a little bit, it's still ridiculously cheap. It's still amazing value uh, to be able to send for that prices. And, you know, it seems with this glitch at the moment that <laughs> it seems even better value. So one thing I'll just make everyone aware of, if it is a glitch, if there has been undercharging uh, that's going on, don't be surprised. Uh, and, you know, don't be all like, oh, I can't believe they've done this. If at some point Amazon do not correct it, if it is a glitch and uh, claw back uh, the extra charges. So that's something that you've always uh, got to be aware of. Um, 
Ben said, strangely, two weeks of Easter was very consistent for us, more consistent than usual. Well, that's good. Uh, it depends on how much you're selling as well, Ben, that if you're getting your uh, stock management, you know, better in terms of staying in stock more on certain things as well. It's not necessarily the demand is any different. It's just you get better at running uh, your inventory. Therefore, you get more sales. Uh, and then when you start to do that, Amazon starts to reward you more. They start putting your product in front of more eyes. You know, it's all a very nice kind of ecosystem in the way that Amazon, um, you know, will reward you for running your business in the way that they think that you should run your business, and which is quite apt because that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today, certainly. Uh, certainly. Uh, RM said it's a very sharp learning curve and all types of challenges from sourcing to bookkeeping. Really happy to be part of the community. Well, welcome. And, you know, please always feel free uh, to ask any questions in the group. There is a wealth of experience uh, of sellers who are in the same boat as yourself, you know, just starting out right up to eight figure sellers and, you know, selling in different varieties, um, in different capacities uh, across Amazon uh, in different marketplaces. So you are definitely in good company. Uh, and remember, there's no such thing as a silly question. So always feel that you can post and then someone, one of the mods, uh, myself, Johnny, or um, Matt, the community leaders, or, or anyone else, it's, it's hopefully uh, a really friendly and welcoming group. So thank you very much for joining. But yeah, keep uh keep going it's definitely a sharp learning curve there's there's no doubt about that uh but once you put everything in place and once it all starts to click then hopefully uh it's something that you'll be able to continue to grow uh hi whoever said that i can't see the comment oh it's paulina hi paulina um Good to see you here. Uh, ben said we had an £80 credit for UPS shipping. It lasted until it ran out uh, as we took ages to use it uh, by using our old DPD account instead. Yes, uh, I couldn't remember if it was a credit or a certain amount of shipments or something like that. So definitely take advantage of it. Uh, while you can, RM, because, yeah, like I said, um, Amazon are pretty good for giving, you know, little bonuses here and there uh, for new sellers. And that's definitely one of the good ones because um, UPS costs, inbound costs are probably the one cost that people are likely uh, to forget, uh, you know, likely to forget. So uh, it's definitely good to be able to have them uh, to cover that cost for them. Well, that's good to see that everyone's uh, positive. It's all good. Sales are back on the up. Um, everyone's rinsing the UPS gl uh, glitch as well, uh, which is good to see. Uh, but yeah, like I said, don't be surprised if Amazon um, do claw that money back at some point. Okay. So quick question before we get started. I already asked this question in the group yesterday. So spoiler alert for that. Um, so who has actually got a plan when it comes to their Amazon business? Who knows, you know, albeit loosely, you know, doesn't have to be at 4 p.m. on the 19th of April. I'm going to be doing this, this, this and this. But does everybody have a plan for their Amazon business? And if you do, is it kind of, you know, is it built up of goals? Is it built up of KPIs? Is it built up of targets? You know, how do you measure your success 
when selling on Amazon? You know, do you kind of just wing it? And be honest here, guys, you know, because this is something, um, you know, that's that is something I think people do overlook. Uh, Jay says he's got a plan. Man with a plan. Love it. Um, my lovely water bottle, which I love. Uh, goals and targets. Yeah, that's good to know. Good way to measure it. Definitely. Uh, does anyone track your on year? Do you have benchmarks within your business that you set? And then are you measuring your performance against those benchmarks from the previous years? Again, something when I work with people on a more of a one-to-one -one basis, um, you know, that's something that generally lacks, um, you know, <laughs> always winging. Yeah, I like a bit of winging as well. Uh, well, this is an important thing to, to specify at this stage, actually. With a plan, a plan does not have to be set in stone. It's a target. Um, you know, sorry, it's a guideline. It's a blueprint. It, it, it's something to be able to follow to keep you on track in certain areas. All of the things that I've, uh, that I've, you know, kind of specified there anyway as well. But the important thing is knowing that you have a plan, but if opportunity arises, then you can adapt from that plan if you needed to. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. 12 months ago, I did not know that I would be, um, it, I had no plans whatsoever in the future um, to get involved in any type of software. Okay. Those that know me well know that I'm not particularly technically minded. I'm quite a manual person. I tend to do things, um, you know, at at the basic level when it comes to software and technology. So I didn't personally think that that was any part of my future until I had a conversation with Johnny, who, um, you know, gave us the opportunity of partnering on what will be B-Stock, the inventory management software. Now, I'd already written my plans for the year. I'd written my goals. I'd written my targets. I knew what I wanted to achieve for my business. But when that opportunity came along, I was like, right, okay, I need to kind of rip this up. I need to tear this plan up. I need to throw it out the window and start again because I realized with what I was going to be building um, with Matthew Wright that this was something that could align very nicely. And, um, you know, the great thing about working in partnerships as well is by bringing in an extra person, you're also bringing an extra depth of knowledge, especially someone like Johnny, who is such a specialist in the field that he is in, uh, and he's fantastic and, you know, brings the software with him and, and everything like that. And what will, you know, the software that will, uh, that is B-Stocks that is being produced now was the, the software that helped him build his business and be able to run one of the biggest grocery Amazon businesses in the UK. So it was a no brainer, really. And there, by the way, guys, there's a difference between shiny object syndrome and looking at something objectively, you know, and whether or not it's the right move for you. So, you know, a few of the things aligned, um, you know, three heads are better than two. Uh, in terms of what we wanted to build and, and everything like that. So, you know, albeit with my reservations of moving into the software world, which is 
generally in a, in a world that I did not see myself, I knew that I would be working with partner uh, or partners that would be able to take on the technical side of things. And I'll be able to talk about all the pretty graphics and pick the colors and, you know, that type of thing. So I knew where, uh, you know, my contribution would lie, by the way. I do do more than picking the uh, the colors and the graphics, uh, although that's my favorite bit. Um, but I knew where my contribution would lie and uh, what what time I would be able to, um, you know, give to it. And also it meant, you know, uh, not saying no to other things and ending other projects and, you know, and, and all this type of thing, because you can't do everything all at once. But what I'm trying to say is there will always be something whether it's good, whether it's opportunity, whether it's bad, unforeseen circumstances, whether it's personal, whether it's work-related, uh, whether it's an experience that's happened on Amazon, there's always going to be something um, that could potentially knock you off course of where you want to be within your business. So having a plan is I would say it's more like a roadmap or a guideline to be able to keep you on track of an overall kind of bigger goal that you want for your business. So that's why I think it's really important for people to be able to, to build that. Um, so David says, set yearly growth target broken down into months. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> ben says, our plan is definitely to make a plan. Good plan. Uh, Jessica says have monthly spend targets and annual sales targets, but lots of winging it too. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Definitely. Look, it becomes hard. Sorry, it becomes easier as well. The longer you've been going in business, the more data you have, the more experience you have, the more judgment that you will be able to put towards things in a more strategic way um, as well, because you've already been through it or you've done it this time last year. So that comes with experience as well. So, you know, not everyone's going to have the same level of experience or the same level level of data that they can benchmark on their business. But it's something that I want everybody to start doing from now, thinking back to our session, probably three or four weeks ago. Um, remember when I was talking about we need to start looking at this differently. You know, this isn't a side hustle, you know, uh, anymore. This is something that can build into a real business um, uh, for you. And, you know, you need to get out of the 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 side hustle mentality, because if you're kind of trying to build a seven figure business on a side hustle mentality, it's not going to work for you for, you know, a number of different reasons that we went to, you know, we went into a few weeks ago. By the way, if you didn't see that session, uh, make sure you go back and have a look at it. I think it was maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, and it was entitled uh, How to Build uh, an Econ Plan in like 2023, something like that. So, oh, Cindy's joined us. She's popped up. She said hi. Hi, Cindy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's one of those things. There'll always be an element of winging it as well. And I think that's the combination. It's like a good recipe, uh, you know, an Amazon business that it's not just going to be too much of one thing and nothing of anything else. You need to find that balance between all of these different areas, which is something that takes time. I was speaking to a very successful seller this morning, uh, you know, been in the game three years, but actually learned some of the biggest lessons that is going to stick with this person 
for the rest of their business life uh, just in the last few months and made some really big decisions on their business in the last three, uh, few months, knowing that they're going to have to, you know, mix things up and, and change things and start looking at things differently in a different way, because we've all gone through these different cycles of sales as well. Again, if you are someone that is still running your business based on uh, what was uh, happening two years ago uh, or, you know, is it two years or three years ago with COVID? I don't know. Where where does the time go? Then, you know, you need to change your strategies. Those strategies, they don't work anymore. Uh, it's as simple as that. Now, I'm not talking across the board and indefinitely, but I'm definitely talking about things need to uh, adapt, you know, without a doubt. Uh, Mark said, certainly have a plan, although taking a step backwards as my full-time staff left, so just me until I get two or three packers uh, in place. Sometimes you need to do that, Mark, to be able to get an understanding and feel for the business. Um, it's not what everyone wants, obviously, um, but it's something that, you know, it can just, when you, how do I explain this? When you work on your business, um, you see everything from, from the above and everything looks good. But when you work in your business, then sometimes what can happen, you can look at it from uh, not uh, an operator's point of view, but somebody who's in the business. So it may well be a few weeks of packing or a few weeks of something that you wouldn't ordinarily do in your business might give you a different insight into maybe something needs to change in your business, something that needs to adapt it or something like that. It always kind of reminds me of um, when something like this happens, you know, Secret Millionaire. I think that's, is that what it's called? Secret Millionaire, um, where you get like the CEO or the founder of a business that, you know, takes two weeks and goes back in um into the business at like a lower level and they do two weeks in the job or something like that. And they get to see everything that makes the business work. So I think overall, it's quite a good thing uh, to be able to, to have. I know it may not feel like that at the moment, Mark, and maybe I'm trying to make you feel a little bit better, but try and look at it uh, from a positive point of view. But what always makes me laugh with that secret millionaire is how does everyone how do they not recognize who the owner of their business is or the ceo of their business i would know well i mean it would be me so uh, yeah but or matt <laughs> but i feel like uh, uh, it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit i always think yeah i get it if you're someone like I don't know, Procter & Gamble, you may not know who the CEO is and you may not recognize them or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a bit skeptical. Who knows? But yeah, look at it like that, Mark. I think that's a good way uh, to be able to look at it. Yeah, I agree. Cindy said it's like when Superman puts his glasses on. Definitely. It's a bit like, or do you think, oh my God, or do you think, oh my God, I'm going to like give a really big sob story and, um, they get their like, oh, ka-ching. Oh, that's, that's what's his face. He owns the company. I'm going to, you know, 
put it on, work really hard and show, you know, show them what a good <laughs> asset I am to the business. I don't know. Like I said, being skeptical, I'll move on. Uh, Cindy said, just taking photos of my new bundle. And Chris said, just boxing up my first. Good, good, good. Lots of positive action. Um, Jay said, there will always be things you can't account for in plans. But as you say, the plan keeps you on track. Definitely. And what the plan does is it allows for, you know, milestones and different times within your business. Um, so if anyone that didn't see um, the, um, the, the post that I did yesterday, whilst it's quite generalist in terms of, um, you know, different points within your business, I think there's certain key times um, in the growth of an Amazon business where, um, you know, you can plateau, um, you can worry about making decisions, expansion, outsourcing. Do I go into different marketplaces? And I think what often ha happens is um, when people first start selling, like I said, that that first kind of up to six figures or up to the VAT threshold is quite attainable. And I think people are surprised how quickly that can happen. Um, but, you know, if you're selling toys or something when you're starting, you're selling them 40 quid a pop. You know, it doesn't take long to to get up to that 85,000, um, you know, threshold uh, and just beyond, because it's something that, you know, if you go through, if, if you start in like now, and you go through a Q4 period and you get the hang of things pretty quickly. You get rolling. You've got a bit of cash flow, you know, and um, you're getting through some good sales. Then between now and and the end of Q4, it's incredibly likely that you're, you're going to hit the VAT threshold. And I think that surprises people. Um, I think it's something that whilst nobody we talk about it a lot. So nobody hopefully is in a position that they get up to 85,000 and be like, oh, what, what happened? How did that happen? You know, we talk about the build up towards it anyway. Um, but it's a scary time. And what can happen is as you're heading towards that, maybe you're getting to a turnover in a 12 month rolling period of like 60,000. And maybe subconsciously, you're not ready to hit the VAT threshold. So you start taking your foot off the gas uh, a little bit because you're not quite ready to face that point in your business, which is completely understandable. And by the way, there is no financial advice here. I'm not I'm not I'm not advising on finances or tax or, or anything like that whatsoever. I am not an accountant. Uh, do not ask me. Uh, I would be like the worst accountant in the world. So, um, you know, so but, you know, it gives you a real taste of success. It's almost a little bit cruel. Uh, I think with this business, because like I said, uh, I said it turning cheek, you, you're going guns blazing uh, and all of a sudden you start thinking about what, you know, am I going to order my Lambo? Is it going to be bright orange or lime green? Oh, I don't know, kind of thing. But then when you hit the VAT threshold, you get a big fat dose of, um, you know, 20 percent reality of what becoming a VAT registered business uh, can actually do to your business. And depending on what type of business that you're running at that point could actually wipe it out in terms of the profit that you are producing. So the VAT void that anywhere between the 85 to 150 is a really difficult place to pee. And sometimes people really struggle to get out of that um, because you just have to go guns blazing. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to not go 
too crazy in terms of the sales that you're producing uh, because if you've not dealt with that before it can be a very very tough pill to swallow in terms of you know all of a sudden you're operating for six to eight months not having to worry about putting money aside uh, for that or or anything like that and then all of a sudden boom you get hit with a five grand uh bill that you weren't expecting so it, it is a very difficult place to be and that sucks up your cash flow so that can potentially hold you back so you know you've got to try and push through it in the most sensible way possible the best way is to start accounting for that earlier in your business by the time you know enjoy the first 50 grand uh but by the time you get up to that start putting aside 10% of your sales. That's just the easiest way to be able to deal with it because by the time you've claimed the VAT back, you know, generally uh, you should be anywhere between 8 or 10% worse off when it comes to that. Again, depends on your business, what you're selling, you know, all of these different types of things. And also, you know, going into zero rated products will be uh, good at that time. It helps people push through that period. But scary place to be. Uh, most people that have probably come into this with the mindset of a side hustle um, may not have been worried about or thinking that they would be in a position where they were having to worry about um, VAT uh, so soon. Because I tell you what. Uh, VAT is a lot scarier to deal with the HMRC. Uh, they, uh, in my mind, they're two different bodies, uh, essentially. HMRC a lot more understanding than the VAT man is. That's, you know, that's the way I see it. So it's a scary place to be. Um, so that we always want to make sure um, that you're being responsible in that period of time and you can always make sure that you're covering that VAT bill. Then once you smash through the VAT, period uh hopefully you're kind of on easy street a little bit you've got used to paying your and submitting your month uh, quarterly returns uh, you've got back into a good period of cash flow hopefully you've gone through something like a q4 um and you've cleared up on some nice seasonal sales so it puts you back in the driving seat but what can happen here is you can fall into a little bit of a trap because at this point, if you're doing well, um, you know, your business should be producing a certain amount of net margin or a bottom line. Um, but that might be covering the finer things in life. It depends what your overall business plan is. So if you are someone um, that has always worked a nine to five job and then all of a sudden you're seeing that you've got uh, a few extra grand at the end of the month, you might think about upgrading your car or booking that amazing trip to Disney World or doing this or doing that. But at the same time, you're desperate to leave your nine to five. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place of wanting to enjoy the spoils of your hard work. But at the same time, you realize that you can't continue to keep drawing uh, across this level of profit because it's not going to spur you on to the next level um, because it doesn't quite cover what you need in order to cover your full time wages. So, again, it's a tricky period to navigate because, you know, you want to enjoy your hard work. By the time you're pushing up to about 350,000, then you should be in a position where you're seeing, um, you know, hopefully uh, a relatively nice um 
amount of profit. And definitely you should be experiencing some of the benefits that this business gives you, you know, the Amex, the, um, you know, the, the cashback, all of these different types of things. So you're getting to that point where you're thinking, oh, okay, and you get a bit used to it, but you're stuck in that kind of cycle of cash flow, which I call it. Um, and, and it gives you some hard decisions. You know, you either cut out the, um, you know, do I cut out the extras, um, and, you know, slog away at my job and give me that, that, that opportunity to be able to leave or, or do I continue in what I'm doing? So again, uh, a little bit more difficult, but once you get past that stage and going into, you know, past the 350 to the sort of 500,000, this is when, uh, not the tough decisions, because they're all tough decisions uh, all the way through. But this is the time when you really start thinking about an exit, if an exit is what you are considering. You started this as potentially a side hustle. You've realized it's a real business. So you've got to taking it a little bit more. So you're, you're kind of left with, with two areas. Do I now outsource everything? Okay and uh, build it so it becomes more of a passive income. So when I'm in a position, it's going to take me a little bit longer to get there. But when I'm in a position that I could leave my full-time employment, I can work on my business or in my business. Or do I leave my full-time employment? And I then, as Mark was talking about, I start to work on, uh, sorry, work in my business. It means that I can maybe pull back the prep uh, costs and I'm paying five grand in press, uh, prep costs a month to a prep center. Well, actually, five grand's what I need to leave my job. So if I just come back in, I do my own prep because I'm going to have the time to do it, then actually there's enough financially there to be able to support me from a business. But the caveat of that is if you're spending all your time doing your prep, who's going to be there to grow the business because you're not working on your business? you're working in your business. So that's a decision generally that you have to make it around that time. Or am I going to, you know, am I someone, is my husband, wife, partner, whatever, are they going to be happy with the Del Boy lounge situation where there's boxes everywhere? Maybe I now need to think about getting a warehouse, but, you know, electricity is at the highest cost. Uh, Rishi's just put up the, um, you know, the, the rates to an exorbitant level. Uh, minimum wage has just gone up. At the moment, it's not a great time to be a warehouse uh, owner. We always go through um, ebbs and flows with prep versus doing your own prep. And at the moment, I'd say it's definitely financially more viable to go through a prep center than it is to want to open your own warehouse at the moment. So, again, another consideration. But then um, once you've got through that, <laughs> hopefully you're at a point where you're on the trajectory um, of growth to seven figures, whether it's through your own hard work or whether or not you're using an outsourced team to be able to scale it for you. So it's really that that's when those those decisions uh, about scale uh, come into place. You've probably, by the time you've hit half a million uh, around that sort of figure, hopefully you've got your, um, Sean says corporation tax gone up to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're at this point. So by the time you've got to that, hopefully half a million mark uh, within your business, I'm not saying that you've got everything right, 
but you've got a good grasp of everything. And hopefully the only things left to do within the business are going to be the things that are left for you to be able to scale your business. So I'm talking about putting those processes in place, making sure that you're operating at the highest possible level, making sure you're maximizing your margins as much as possible. All the stuff that you may have not had time to do when you were either working in your business or making someone else rich by working in their business. So now you've got the time to be able to really zoom in and really look at those figures, analyze things, where I need to maximize, what do I need to do more of? And generally what it comes down to is it comes down to I need to do more of the good and I need to get rid of the bad. And that's only really what an owner operator can do within their business. Yes, you can have people outsource it for you, but no one's ever going to own your bit, you know, know your business as well as you do. So that's definitely going to be a task for uh, the owner of the business. Then once you've got everything down, once everything's rolling, once everything's uh, working like clockwork, uh, everything's running smoothly, then that's the time to think about diversification. That's the time to think about, should I be going into this marketplace? Should I, now that I've got everything underway with my Amazon business, should I think about eBay? You know, all of these different types of things. Now, you don't have to get up to a million to be able to do it. It can be whatever turnover. I'm just using that as like a um, a, a guideline, essentially. But before you think about diversification, you need to have everything what I've just said there. All of your processes need to be in place. If you were to be hit by a bus tomorrow and you were to be put in a full body cast, could your business run without you? You know, God, that was the most depressing thing I think I've ever said in my life. But you get the idea. I probably could have thought of something nicer to say, but hopefully you get the idea. Could your business run without you? This is the benchmark I want people to think of. Now, once you've got to that point, that's when you need to start thinking about diversification. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't add things into your business, margin mix and do all of these different types of things. So when I talk about diversification, I'm talking about diversification generally away from the marketplace that you are in and the platform that you are in. So probably that you could go ahead and achieve anywhere between turnover of 500,000 um, to a minimum selling on Amazon UK using the various different methods that we teach uh, in the Hive, wholesale, unique bundles, um, you know, RA, uh, all of the areas of selling that contribute to being an Amazon reseller. So I don't want you to think I'm saying I don't want anyone starting unique bundles until you get to a million. No, I'm talking about the big key diversifications when you're thinking about opening like a Shopify store um, because you, you've, you know, built a brand or you've done this or whatever. So hopefully, does that make sense so far, guys? Uh, let me know if it does. Well, I grab a drink. So my voice, honestly, is um, yesterday I was <laughs> it was it was hanging by a thread and I can really start to feel it go. I, I talk so much. I call it the curse of the chatterbox. So I always lose my voice. But I'll be honest, touch wood. I haven't lost it in about four months. 
which is a lot for me. No, maybe before Christmas, actually. So I haven't lost it uh, for quite a while, but I can I can feel it going uh, at the moment. So um, I'm just trying to do my best. Matt loves it. Well, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to lose my voice. He's like, oh, good. It means you have to be quiet for a while. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely something I can feel it's going. So uh, I'm just going to grab a drink. But let me know. Does that make sense so far? Do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that? Uh, let me know. Um, I think it's something that it is very personal to your, to your own business, of course. And like I said, um, it may well be that if you've reached 500 in your business, it, that could be the point where you feel you're ready for uh, diversification because you've done everything. Uh, in in that list it's kind of all ticked off uh, maybe you outsourced at before you even hit the VAT threshold you know like I said I don't want anyone to think that you have to get to those numbers specifically it's kind of designed to show you the the blueprint uh, essentially the of um, the issues that you might face at certain points within your business so let me jump over. Um, I want to show you something. Uh, the guys in the hive or formerly uh, ESA would have seen me using this. So what I want to show you is one of the areas that you can really increase turnover in your business is to build a replenishable part of your business into your business plan. OK, nothing will enable you to scale quicker than replenishables. OK, uh, now that can be replenishables that are um, through listings that already exist on Amazon or opportunities potentially uh, that you can identify and create yourself. So I want to show you something. Uh, no one said they understood. So hopefully you did. So I'm just going to move on. Uh, I want to share my screen. Yes, I know. I hope you guys can see this. Fingers crossed you can. So can you guys see this? Um, my trusty Excel spread. I'm oh, not Excel. It's like Google, Google Sheets or something like that. Just let me know that you can see and hear that. See and hear it? Oh, my God. I'm going mental. I meant hear me and see that at the same time. Uh, someone's going to have to tell me on the Ecom Facebook group because that's the only comments I can see. So I'll just quickly jump back. Uh, all understood. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to assume that you guys can see this because you're all being a bit quiet today. So um, what we've got here is um, a compounding calculator, uh, essentially. So this is a visual representation of what can happen when you add a strong replenishable, um, you know, uh, facet into your business. So if I wanted to, so this is based on monthly sales, right? So don't think about your arbitrage business, your wholesale business, your, re, you know, your, replen uh, your um, reselling business. This is purely on a replenishable model which um, can be achieved through uh, creating your own opportunities, like I said, or identifying 
replenishable products through wholesale or something like that. But it has to have the ability to, for you to be able to replenish those products. And there's a number of the ways that we teach people how to do that um, through the Hive, which I'll come on and talk about in a moment. But um, say, for instance, in your replenishable side of the business that you wanted to achieve a monthly sales goal of 10,000, you wanted to add an additional 120,000 pounds of turnover into your business um, over from, you know, from now um, for the next 12 months, then how could you achieve that? Okay, so what you would need to be able to do is um, you have a look at your average selling price of uh, your replenishables or replenishables if you have them now. Now, we tend to work into uh, a higher, you know, I talk about this, we tend to sell things at the higher end of the spectrum. Uh, but overall, you will get an average selling price. Now, if you're doing bundles, more than likely your average selling price is going to be a little bit higher. If you are a wholesale grocery seller, then might more than likely your average selling price is going to be the lower end of the spectrum or something like that. But overall, let's say, for instance, the average selling price is um, 15 uh, pounds that you would look to sell or build these um, these new products in. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to put this on Do Not Disturb. Oh, it is on Do Not Disturb. I don't know why I get messages when I'm not on Do Not Disturb. Um, so your average selling price would be £15. The average number of sales that you would make per month uh, would be 30 um, So essentially, that's one sale a day for the opportunity that you are going to identify, which will be a mixed bag. I'm talking average here, guys. You will have some products that will sell once a day. You will have some products that sell 10 times a day. You will have some products that sell once a month. So you're looking at the overall average. But that's a fair amount to say uh, across most people's inventories that you would look, most of the products would sell on average about once a day. Okay, and then say, for instance, you were looking to find 10 of these new opportunities or identify 10 of these uh, uh, new opportunities and create them per month. Okay, you were looking to do that uh, 10 times. Now, this here is the bundle drop off rate. It is high um, in terms of uh, this is more towards the experienced end of the market of being a replenishable sellers or creating uh, a replenishable business. But what we generally find of the opportunities that we create, so I can only talk from my point of view, um, is that uh, the majority of the time, 80 percent of the time, the bundles work because we know what we're doing. The less experienced you are, it's probably going to be more like 50% or something like that. Some will work, some won't, through to a number of different reasons, which, you know, I would be on here for another hour if I went into all the different reasons why it may or may not work. But overall, the more you do it, the better you get, at it, essentially. So if you identify 10 of these opportunities uh, every single month, you add them into your business and no more than 20% of those potential opportunities drop off. What it's saying is that it's going to take you three months of compounding effect of having replenishables in your business to achieve a monthly sales goal of £10,000. So once you've hit that and providing you keep replenishing those items, even after that three month period, if you never create a new opportunity after that and you can always maintain what you've built at that 80% success rate, then 
you will automatically add £10,000 of turnover into your business. Now, here's the good thing. Um, with replenishables is they tend to be higher margin as well, especially if you're going to create your own opportunities. So what will happen is I don't tend to look at um, margin. I always look at the bottom line. Uh, no, I don't tend to look at turnover. I always look at the bottom line because I know that anything that we produce uh, through what we sell tends to have a net margin of anywhere between 18 uh, to 20%. That's the golden figure we tend to tend to look at. It tends to be a little bit more than that, to be perfectly honest. So I know if this was me, if I was to follow this process and do exactly this, that I know that I would automatically have an extra two grand a month after three months, uh, give or take. These are, like I said, average figures. I would be looking to have an extra two grand a month profit in my business because I know that my margins uh, work to that because they're slightly higher. If your margins run slightly lower and they're at 10%, then you can look to expect an extra thousand pounds uh, within your business. But say, for instance, now I'm after three months and I'm starting to get really, really good at this and I want to up the ante. I know this works. Uh, it's working for me. I'm building, creating, adding opportunities into my business that I can replenish and compound to a really good level. Well, my next goal is, say, 25,000 that I want to build that monthly uh, target up to. And now that takes me into adding an extra 300,000 uh, turnover per year into my business. Now, by my calculations, I sound like Doc Brown here, but that takes you into the cycle of cash time where things start getting really comfortable uh, within your business. Things start getting, um, you know, you start to be able to experience some of the good things and some of the really nice benefits that it comes with running an Amazon business. So we can see here that now producing 10 of these a month doesn't cut it. Uh, the calculation doesn't work. So what I need to do is I need to up my production, okay? So now what I need to do, instead of creating 10 opportunities a month, I'm going to create one a day, okay? So now I'm going to create 30 of these. And again, it's taken me to another three months um, to be able to add those into my business. But, you know, 30 might be a bit months. You know, I was I was creating uh, two a week. Now I've gone to um, one a day. That's, that's a bit too much. So let's split the difference and go to 20 units uh, that I'm going to increase. So I'm going to double my output. So now what happens is that will take me up to an inventory SKU level of 56 or thereabouts. Okay. Now, this is based on a relatively low average selling price and a relatively low average selling number as well. So what we're saying here is what will happen is when you are creating your own opportunities in particular. Um, so this is the area of experience. Um, but you know, I speak to people all the time that replenish products through, uh, you know, through through wholesale. So this really applies to probably more the wholesale and creating your own opportunities market. Then, you know, you probably be looking at, you know, higher sales um, across a number of these, uh, you know, if you've done the research right and, and everything like that. So what we're saying is overall, what you could be looking at is achieving uh, 25,000 sales uh, uh, every month after about a seven month period by only having 56, uh, 56 SKUs within your business, because they're every month, 
they're compounding and you're replenishing. Now, what I will say, this is a guideline. It's easier said than done because one of the hardest things about building a replenishable business is stock management and inventory management. So that's definitely one of the hardest areas to be able to do. But guess what? We've got your back because we have built something that will help manage that to um, the highest level that I've seen anyone produce for an Amazon specific FBA business. So, um, you know, this is really going to help with, with, you know, we've said that even if you just do what B stock tells you to do, you should see, um, you know, a natural increase in your business as well, because it's going to help you do what Amazon wants you to do in keeping, um, you know, keeping on top of your inventory and your replenishable, um, your replenishable system. So does that make sense? Uh, let me know. Can you see the effect of what uh, or the impact of what compounding SKUs can add into your business? Because the great thing about this is um, you're always constantly adding. It's like that snowball um, uh, effect. You're always, always adding. Uh, just let me do not disturb that again. Uh, you're always adding uh, stuff into your business and then you're building upon that foundation. So you're layering on top of it and it gives you an opportunity to scale in a way that vanilla arbitrage doesn't essentially because you're always looking for the next deal. You're always looking uh, for that next opportunity. So I'm going to come back. Um, let me know uh, if it does and see you guys again. Compounding. Love that word for sure. It is. It is. So the exciting thing is you guys have known me as someone that can, you know, uh, show people how to do that through creating your own opportunities, unique bundles. But, you know, there's always been a little bit of a caveat in the sense that they've never really been fully protected. But now in the hive in a few weeks time, I'm going to be launching uh, with a combination of this business plan that we've gone through. By the way, this isn't the whole business. This is just the guideline to it. Uh, I'm going to be putting together a step-by-step -step process of showing everybody exactly some of those things that may occur in your business, some of those barriers, um, some of those areas. So it is that kind of step-by-step -step blueprint that you can follow that when these decisions come within your business, that it will help keep you on track. It doesn't send you into a downward spiral. If you... Um, experience some unforeseen circumstances or different opportunity. It's like a plan that you can follow uh, within your business that can take it to that next level for you. But I'm not just going to do that. I'm not just going to provide that. I'm also going to show you how you can do that by building a really unique, protected, um, brand-driven um, um replenishable business, which uh, I can't see that anyone has done before in terms of um, showing people how to uh, add this as a part into your business with a combination of everything else that we already teach in the Hive, wholesale, uh, arbitrage, uh, unique bundles as they stand. And this is utilizing some really big branded opportunities. So it's identifying really fast selling products and being able to use all of the elements that you can add into your business 
whilst not being derailed uh, by price tankers and people who are not interested uh, in making money. So if I see the majority of people that are watching here, uh, watching live with us, I can see that, um, you know, the majority of you are already in the hive. So I'm super excited to be able to go through and show you that because I believe this is the best opportunity as it stands on the table. Forget um, everything else, uh, you know, this is going to be the best opportunity in 2023 for you guys to be able to follow that plan to get on that seven figure to direct, uh, you know, upward. I was trying to be smart and saying the T word, but it came out wrong uh, on the seven figure upward um, incline um, towards, uh, you know, really building that strong uh, real business that takes you away from the side hustle uh, mentality. So um, if you're just joining us now and you haven't, um, you know, watched or, or listened to this before, because now we go out on uh, podcasts as well, which uh, is something very exciting. Um, so make sure you listen to um, the session from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, just from a couple of weeks ago that will, this is inadvertently, I didn't realize that was a part one and this is a part two, uh, essentially, <laughs> um, which let me have a quick look, see if I can find it. I'll tell you which one it guys. So if this is the first time that you joined us or um, if you've just joined us, um, then let me go into never mind the buy box and I will tell you the exact name of it. Uh, and make sure you look on the live section as opposed to the videos. I've had people say, oh, well, there's no videos on there. Well, because we do most of our broadcasts live. But from next week, we are going to be uploading uh, a video every week as well across, you know, about standard um, Amazon content. So uh, make sure you subscribe to Never Mind the Buy Box on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button uh, and any likes and notifications. And then you'll always get... Uh, a notification either when we go live or when we, uh, you know, um, release a video. Okay, so what is it called? It was called How to Build a Long-Term High-Margin Ecom Empire in 2023. And what date was that? That was on the 21st of March, 2023. Um, probably, oh, has Indy, uh, Indy? I've got Indy on the mind. Has Cindy put this there? Yes. I think it's that one. Thank you so much, Cindy. I really struggle to say Cindy's name every night because my daughter's called Indy and I mix it up and then sometimes call her Sydney. But, you know, it's quite it's quite normal. I call lots of people different names. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I think it's that one. So it's uh, build a long term econ margin business. So, yeah, like I said, it's almost become like that was a part one and this is a part two. Um, to that. So um, if you haven't joined the Hive already and uh, you would like joining details of that, let me know and I can pop a comment uh, afterwards to tell you a little bit more about that um, because the Hive is is where we teach uh, all of our additional strategies, high level strategies um, in covering areas. You know, we do things like having the Hive live on Tuesday at seven o'clock, which we're doing tonight. We're talking about paid advertising tonight. We've also got the bundle course, uh, which is uh, the content is dropping weekly on that as well. Uh, Johnny pops up every now and again for a bit of uh, 
uh, Sunday afternoon sourcing with his dulcet tones. Uh, Matt pops up as well. So he joins me on Hive Live as well. So not only is this this business plan and uh, the new replenishable option that's going to be coming into force is going to we're going to be talking about in the next month. Month after that, going to be talking about selling in Europe. Um, so there's always something really cool uh, that is going on in the hive as well. So it's something that's continually compounding uh, in terms of uh, the area of, of knowledge that we supply. So if you haven't joined already, uh, please make sure you do. It is paid masterclass, uh, but it's month on month. So, you know, give it a go for a month. If it's not for you, um, it's not for you. Uh, we are not going to hold, uh, you know, we're not going to hold um any resentment over that try it see if it's for you uh if it's not then um there's no no notice period uh so chris says the hive is a honey pot of knowledge it is we do like our bee puns and our honey puns in there so actually probably don't don't join if you are not interested in hearing bad dad jokes, which um, I do quite often. And so does everyone else. See, here they come. It's buzzing in there. Behave, you lot. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, it gave us a wealth of uh, bad jokes and puns to be able to say in what we cause, uh, you know, in what we called the hive and beast. You wait till bee stock comes out, guys. I tell you what, that's going to be a stinger. Ugh. Oh, dear, Natalie. Time to go. On that note, right, I think it's time to go. Um, so next week, I'm not actually here uh, next week. Uh, I'm away. Um, so uh, I assume it'd be Matt and Johnny. I told them that they're going to be uh, coming on. And then the week after, um, Jason's going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about all things um, AI. He's uh, made a huge splash uh, in the world of AI and um how to bring that in but we want to talk about to him from you know he's got a really good insight into how it's you know how it's kind of going in the future and certain things um that are going to become pretty you know commonplace and it's good to integrate into the world of ai even i've adopted it guys and i hate change and i'm rubbish at learning um you know new technical things so it is the future so it's it's good to be involved definitely so he's going to be joining us uh in a couple of weeks so i won't see you next tuesday the boys will um so but any questions guys keep posting uh in the group uh if you're listening uh via one of our um podcasts then please make sure you join the Ecom Inner Circle uh, Facebook group if you're cool enough to be on Facebook and also subscribe to the Nevermind the Buy Box channel. If you're watching on Nevermind the Buy Box now, if you can do the usual, please give the video a thumbs up. And if you can comment on the comment section of the video uh, as well, just to see if you've enjoyed it. Or even if you just want to tell me to shut up and stop saying bad B-related jokes, it all helps with the uh, YouTube algorithm. So, you know, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, usual drill, guys. Uh, make sure uh, that you give us definitely a thumbs up if you have enjoyed uh, the video. And subscribe and do the notification bell thing. You know, you know me. I'm I'm bad at giving out those instructions. So um, the boys will be here next week. Uh, thanks, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as I said, I'll be checking all my inboxes <laughs> this afternoon. Um, so I'll, I'll take a look at that. Definitely. Uh, received loud and clear. 
That's that's the way. Ambush me on the live. That's the best way uh, to get me to read your message. Um, so uh, have a great couple of weeks, guys. Uh, keep going. Hopefully everything's still in the green. And uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, closer to May. So see you soon, guys. Take care.